Welcome back to the Canadian Strength Cast. It has been a long time since we've been able to release one of these, uh, but thanks for coming back and giving this a listen. Uh, we are going to sit down for episode seven with Denny Labreche from Valkyrie Strength. So for those of you that don't know, Denny is a badass strongman and powerlifting coach uh, from Saskatchewan, Canada. And he's also my personal coach, but he's probably one of the fastest growing and best strength coaches in Canada. So if anybody who's into strength training and into power sports like powerlifting, strongman, weightlifting, and even getting into some of the gen pop strength stuff, hit up Denny if you're looking for a coach. We're really gonna kind of dive into what makes Denny a really good coach and why he's having so much success. But I won't waste any more time. We're gonna dive right in with Denny Labreche from Valkyrie Strength. Dave's, Dave's gonna join us too because he says I'm not interested enough for myself. Who's this? Dave, my business partner, the CSS brainchild. Ah, uh, oh, I knew that couldn't be you. Definitely not me. I'm just the pretty face. He's the brains. Right. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think your smile's way better than my smile. You got like the million dollar smile. So the Saskatchewan uh, charm. Yeah, it's that prairie smile. Yeah. That's that's right. What's up, buddy? How's it going? Not too much, man. Busy, busy. Yeah, shows are coming up quick, so lots of lots of athletes getting ready to compete all over the place. So, yeah, you uh, every week is posted, athlete here, athlete here, athlete here. So, you uh, humble guy, but probably one of the biggest strength coaches in Canada or getting there anyway, like climbing. Yeah, you know, and and th that really was th that was never the intention. Um, it's always just something I kind of loved to do. And, uh, uh, you know, quite honestly, since branding under Valkyrie, things have just have grown and grown and grown and put people in situations that uh, then it started expanding and uh, relationships built like the relationship with you, you know, coming from from sponsorships and things like that to, yeah, just keeps growing and growing and growing. So not going to complain. So take, take us back to the very beginning. When, how did it start? What was the... Was it by accident? Was it on? Was it intentional? Like, what were your plans? Did you think this was just going to be a hobby, and then it just kind of kept growing into something bigger and bigger? Well, for me, I started as an athlete. Um, my first powerlifting meet was in 2012. Uh, first strongman sh show was shortly after, and uh, uh, you know, I had done some personal training and stuff prior to that when I was when I was just a child and never really took. Uh, but you know, then. Uh, getting better, became a, a decent little power lifter, a decent little strong man. And, and I'm not a guy who uh, was naturally gifted at anything, right? I, I, you know, walked into my first powerlifting meet and deadlifted 400 pounds. Uh, yeah, started competing more and more and then started, uh, you know, kind of coaching people for free um, in like late 2013, 2014. Um, got back into personal training a little more heavily, tried to make that kind of a career and, and the in-person one-on-one grind just um, wasn't really my thing. So, you know, shifted and, and got a real adult job and, you know, punched my clock and took my lunch breaks when I was told to and kept coaching kind of a bit on the side. Um, became a better athlete, became more successful personally, which translated a bit. And then uh, COVID happened. And, you know, when COVID happened, I, I started to focus on things a little more intently. Uh, in what I was doing as a coach and in, in how 
I was portraying myself and how I was branding because I always kind of just did it like just as me. Uh, and then Hannah started Valkyrie, um, which was just basically a passion project because she was unemployed at the time. And about a year after that, I asked um, if she would mind if I would put coaching under that banner, under that brand. And, and she agreed. And from there, things really, really started to roll because because now, you know, it wasn't just it wasn't just Denny Labrash. It wasn't just some guy. It kind of legitimized everything. Um, and and from, from there, now here we are where, you know, it's it's the lion's share of what I do during the day is, is now coaching and programming and traveling to shows and talking to clients and you know, hopefully keep going up, up, up from here. So it's Dave joined us late. So anybody doesn't know, this is the Canadian strength supply mastermind, Dave DiDonato. Can you guys hear me through the AirPods? Yeah, I yep. can hear you. Okay. Okay. You said yeah, mine didn't work. Yeah. You must have more expensive ones than me. You oh, make they're way, way more they're money. They're way better than yours. Yeah. Yeah. Independently wealthy, that guy. Uh, so you're just quickly, you're just kind of going over how Valkyrie started and where he got his start because yeah, humbly, he's one of the best strongman coaches, but you, you don't do just strongman, you have powerlifters too, right? Yeah. Powerlifters, uh, a little bit of general fitness, not, not a ton. I'm going to move into a, a little more of that, but yeah, powerlifting is, is where I got my start. Um, still probably have a stable of, of maybe 10, 12 powerlifters, uh, including myself. I'll, I'll be competing at Shellshock this year. Um, potentially at, at 90 kilograms, as weird as that is to say out loud, but uh, yeah, yeah, primarily strong man of powerlifting. Uh, so th this time, like this year, you're kind of stepping back from the competing and focusing on the, co on the coaching. Uh, well, like, that was the plan, but... Oh, I hear the, I hear the man, grace pumping. Like, like just, just wicked FOMO, you know, and, and honestly, my plan going into the year was I was going to maybe do shell shock and powerlifting. And I was going to go all in to try to qualify for OSG uh, at, a ni at 90 um, through the online qualifiers. But then, you know, shows start getting announced, right? And, and I, I, get, I get in this with guys like yourself. And, <laughs> and quite honestly, man, I just, I love competing. I love training. I love competing. And, you know, it's one of those things where, like, I'm, I'm doing the, the Lakeland show in St. Paul, Alberta. Um, that'll be my, my first ever foray into 90 Kiloville. And like, I was going to be there anyway, right? Uh, I have clients there competing, so I'm going to be there, you know, why not throw in? Cause, cause it's, it's a decently light show. Like it's, it's a, it's a training day, right? So go in there, have some fun and, and, you know, to be totally honest as a coach, my, my goal has always been to get people to just kick my head in. Right. If, if, if I can get someone who's on my level to be a far superior athlete to me, man, that, that's a huge win. Right. So mm -hmm. as much as it won't happen this year, I'd love for you to beat me in a show, man. Like that would be that, that, that's like, that's like ideal. Right. So last year, um, went to mosaic and I was a little undersized, but you know, one of my clients, like he, he stepped on my throat and it was, it was a cool feeling, man, to know that six months prior, there was no way he would have beat me in a show. And then we walked into that one and no, man, it wasn't close. Like he, he killed me. So I, I got some guys now that I coach that like, I'm truly, truly scared of that. Uh, uh, they have ridiculous, ridiculous potential in the sport. Throw them out. Let's, let's hear them. Who, who you got that you're, that you're high on. Who I'm scared of. Uh, well, at, at 80 kilo, 
Um, Daniel Mondor, he won Casa Nationals last year. Um, I think he's one of the best 80 kilo strongmen in the world. Um, he just needs a, a stage, an opportunity. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it to the Arnold, uh, but I would love to see him end up at an OSG or an Arnold because, like, like he, he's a day three OSG guy, like, for sure. Uh, at 105, Darcy Flaska in Edmonton um, has come a long, long way, and people better not sleep on him when it comes to Strongline Corp Nationals. I, I think he could sneak in there, and he, he got third on a count back at Casa Nationals last year. I would not be surprised at all if he's on the top of the mountain at 105. Um, at 120, a uh, kid who trains with me here, his name's Carter McKim. Uh, young kid, like 24 or something. Um, great athlete. And like just, just a student and just a sponge. And, you know, he gets to train with me two, three times a week, which has been huge for his mental game. Uh, and then open, uh, Alex Crispy in, in Fort McMurray. Um, quietest guy you'll ever meet. But, man, like, people are going to see him coming eventually. Uh, I've been saying it for a while that, like, don't, don't sleep on Alex. And then, uh, guy, you know Lance Gingras. Uh, Lance. I love Lance. Man, that, whoo. When I met him in Thunder Bay, and he was a big boy, right? But I'm not exactly a giant. But, like, man, I didn't see, like, 6'6", or whatever he is, at 23, 24. So the, the potential Lance has is, is staggering, absolutely staggering, the, the potential for, for him as an athlete. Um, and then, uh, you know, a, a bunch of women, too. A bunch, and with the new classes in Strongman Corp this year, so it, expecting some big things from the team it's, overall. It's a, it's a fun year, yeah. It's, and I, I watch – I'm on your feed, and I see all these guys, and it's – this, the growth and I say the improvement over the last two years, just in strongman in Canada, when you look at the Arnold, you look at in uh, lightweight Arnold first and second, first and third Canadian girls, uh, middleweight first and second. You had Melissa in the pro finishing fifth. You had Maxime and JF in the pro uh, Jeffers in uh, the men's open. Like it's growing and it's, we're starting to see the Canadians up on the podium. And yep. it's, it's great to see because I've, I've only been in this sport about two years, kind of like really entrenched in it. But just in those two years, I've seen massive, massive improvements throughout like all the classes. And, and yeah, you know, I, I've been around longer than you, but w when I started way back in 2012, like it was like oh, when a dude took a 300 pound log. Now, man, that's, that's mediocre for 90 kilo guys, right? If, if, if you're a 90 kilo guy and you want to be world-class, you better be getting 300 up over your head. Um, whereas back then, like these, these, these monsters, these, you know, guys at 320, 340, pressing a 300 pound log and everyone's just blown away, right? 600 pound deadlift was, was heavy <laughs> 10 years ago, right? Now, you know, you're, you're seeing guys at 90, at 105, rep that out like it's an empty barbell. Um, the evolution of the sport has been crazy and like borderline obscene on the women's side. Uh, you, you're seeing some of the top women now would have been the best 90 kilo man 10 years ago, right? The, the evolution there is crazy to, to see women consistently pressing over 200 pounds, pulling high fours, low fives, mid fives. It, it's, it's crazy how quickly it, it's all evolving, which is awesome to see. What do you think has contributed to that? Like is like, I know I would say the strength sports other than CrossFit, um, Strongman's probably the most like 
televised and the most out there on social media, mainly because of Rogue. But what do you think has result has been the reason for that, like increase in especially Canadians' um, performances? Well, one is just exposure, right? Now there there's more shows. Um, um, there is classes. It's more accessible. Um, weight classes, age classes. It's more accessible. But I have said this since I started in the sport. CrossFit has done more for powerlifting, strongman, and weightlifting than those sports ever did for themselves, mm -hmm. right? And what CrossFit did was it put a barbell in a woman's hands, which yeah. prior to that, well, you you what, ladies cal fit, yeah. you kick ass, yeah. right? So CrossFit got got women, girls, ladies to start moving weight and and man I, I, as all of us know like the iron becomes addictive and suddenly well a woman pulling 225 yeah that's okay yeah 315 is more realistic now you know 315 deadlift uh, that's that's old hat right you uh, a, a good female deadlifter is pulling mid fours 500 right um really just exposure more than anything and then now you're seeing Alberta is just crazy with the amount of shows that are going on, on in Alberta, sanctioned, unsanctioned, you know, so much exposure out there to compete. Um, when I started a, a novice show, it wasn't, wasn't a thing, right? Now you see novice shows all over the place and, and so often that's the foot in the door. And what I'll say to clients is they do their first novice show and the next day I'll ask them, do you want to do another one? Uh, Cause it's, it's hit or miss usually. And, eight out of 10, we'll be like, yeah, no, sign me up for the next one. Like I'm, I'm in, I want to do this. And the, the, the biggest difference between the two sports, uh, I've always considered powerlifting like a discipline. Um, it's you against the bar. It's you against you. Well, strongman's a legit sport. Like, like hopefully in Thunder Bay, it's legit. It's me and Booch, right? And it's heads up. It's who does better. It's not based on total. It's not based on Wilkes or formula. It's, okay, you did eight reps, I'll do nine. You did 20 seconds, I'll do 18. And, and that's super, super enticing, a lot like the, the CrossFit model of, of how competitive things can get. Yeah. And so hang on, are, are you telling me that it's Thunder Bay is the fucking day, then that's, that's the head to head? Well, there's a lot of factors we've got to talk about first, brother. Oh, okay. First of all, there's more of the guys than just me and you. Like, there's a couple of 90s in Ontario that I'm terrified of. So let's back that right up. Who? Jared Musgrove? No, Jared's going up to 105. Mm -hmm. Unless he's, unless he's lying. I'd, to me I'd check your sources, buddy. He's the one who told me that. Yeah, I'd check your sources. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see Thunder Bay. We'll see uh, how Alberta Provincials goes and... Who knows from there? Now, what is your athlete count at? Strong man competitors? Yeah, I don't know about Who cares about those guys? <laughs> uh, uh, high 30s, probably. Holy shit. Of, of competitive athletes? That's, yeah, that's exhausting. It, it's got a lot, man. 12 and then like my head is spinning sometimes. Doing yeah, yeah, it's, almost it's a lot. Good for you. Yeah, so, yeah, so uh, hopefully, um, like I, I, I on paper, uh, I think seeing 30 of them at nationals, if they all go, um, is, is plausible. But w with the strongman corp rules, you know, a lot of them might just skip nationals um, based on their performance at provincials, right? If, if their only reason to go to Thunder Bay is for a national championship, 
they might not. If they're going for a potential Arnold spot, different story. But yeah, I'd, I'd like to see at least 20 end up in Thunder Bay. I think that would be a lot of fun, but we'll see. I like that, how you mentioned before that like competitiveness like drives up the other competitiveness, right? Like that's the only way that like athletes are going to get better is like on Saturdays and Sundays, like we have a lot of um, strongman in on, on the weekend and that's where it's the competitiveness. Like people are pushing the heavyweights or going for timed events, right? And that's, I think that's the only way to like really push the sport and make people qualify for those better events or those, those better competitions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad Booch brought up the Arnold. Like, that was a really good showing for Canada. Um, uh, a little bit lighter show, but I-, I would love to see that type of, of level from Canadian athletes at OSG next year. I think that would be great. Um, we had a, a, a pretty big team show up to OSG last year. Um, not the results we saw at the Arnold, but it, it would be awesome to see uh, uh, you know, so many podiums, people on day three, you know, fighting for spots. It's, it's really cool to see how Canada's evolved. Now, do you think the OSG results, I mean, COVID is obviously a factor, but do you think the OSG result is more of a, the nationals being so close to OSG? Like this year, our nationals are slated for October 22nd. If OSG is a month later, if you're an athlete, I can see, like you said, a lot of those guys skipping nationals to focus on OSG worlds, which kind of hurts our national championship. But is there anything we can really do about that? I, like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. You know, an athlete that is going to be competitive at OSG nationals is a heavy training day and not much more. Right. So, uh, you know, if, if, if you're like, like you look at the 90 kilo weights at OSG last year, it was a, it was a 300 log. It was a deadlift ladder up over 700. It was, I think it was an 800 yoke, right? It's stone run to nearly 400. Like it was a heavy ass show. If you're a guy that's going to go to day three at that show, you're blasting through nationals pretty easy, right? Like it's not as taxing as it would be for someone who's going to their first nationals. Um, I think a lot of it is, is the qualification for OSG. Um, this year at the Arnold, we sent some of the best talent we had. Um, I don't know if that's typically happened with OSG, with the qualification process, with online qualifiers, with COVID, like you said. Um, hard to say. Also, two very different shows. The Arnold this year was, was a pretty fast show. Um, OSG in 21 was brutally, brutally heavy. Like, yeah. obnoxiously heavy. So hard to say. Yeah, hopefully we, we see um, some high-level Canadians at OSG. I know that, you know, everybody on my team will be doing the qualifiers, um, at least just to put their name on those boards and be like, hey, you want this opportunity? Here it is. Let's look at the events. You want to go? Let's do it up. Um, yeah, and I, I think that's a, a big thing is just people taking the opportunity to do it. So as a promoter, not promoting this year, but as a former promoter and a guy who's been in the, in the sport for a long time, which way are you leaning? Are you leaning as in terms of hierarchy of, of event? Is it the Arnold or is it OSG? It's a tough question. Uh, this is like in Jerry's my humble talks. opinion, OSG is a far superior show. I think there's more talent. I think the events are better. I love that strongman is the focus. However, the Arnold 
is the spectacle. Um, you're there, you're at this expo with a million people, right? Uh, uh, it's so well established. It's been around forever. There's so much other stuff going on. Super cool to be at OSG and see, you know, Big Z was there and, and Mark Felix and Terry Hollins. But at the Arnold, like, like the Arnold Pro is going on, right? The best powerlifting in the world is going on. All these events are going on. So I, I don't think you can really compare them because they're so very different. Uh, myself as an athlete, I, I would always pick OSG over the Arnold if I was choosing. Um, most of my clients feel the other way, that their end game would be to do the Arnold. Um, I'm sitting in a spot where, man, if you can, do both. Do both, absolutely. They're completely both. different shows. Like, For sure. You, yeah. you can go to the Arnold place really well and then just go and get smashed OSG because completely different ideology in the way they, they programmed it. Yep. Like, I look at the OSG and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm scared. And then the Arnold is like, fuck, that looks fun. But there's yep, my bias in terms of where my strengths and weaknesses lie. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. What do you got, Dave? You got something there. Um, how do you balance the coach and like being a coach as well as being an athlete in the same sport? Like, for example, you and Derek are technically competitors, but he also pays you to make his program. I'm not saying you would like sabotage him, but it's, you, it's you, a great question. And, and, uh, Something that any because I was wearing more hats last year where I was promoting as well. Um, and a big reason why I pulled back on that side of things was uh, uh, the optics, the perceived bias that could be there. Well, of, of course, Booge won the show, it was Denny's show. Booge knew the events nine months ago, right? So th that's a big reason I got away from the promoting. Man, I, I totally understand that question. Uh, uh, you got to take it at face value. I want Derek to beat me. I, I want Jared Musgrove to out deadlift me. I want Lance Gingras to step on my throat. I want that as a coach. For me, uh, uh, it would be awesome. It'd be awesome for me to go to OSG, to make day three, to podium. That would be amazing. But to be there when, when Derek does it, when Alex Crisby, when Darcy Flaska, to be there with those guys when they make it to that level, man, that that means more to me than me as an athlete. Um, I'm not young. <laughs> I'm 38 now. I've been doing this for a while. Uh, you know, I'm I'm still a, a decent athlete. I'm pretty competitive, but you know, I'm looking at at people that could be far far better than I ever was or ever could be. Um, so the, the, the tough part with balancing is days that like Lakeland where I'm going to compete and be coaching. Mm -hmm. um, luckily there, it, it's, it's, it's a pretty light show. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm more taking it as, as kind of a tune-up, like, a, like a, a moderate training day. And the focus is going to be on the clients that are, that are in some battles that day. I think, I think we're all coaches. And exactly what you said, I think, is the reason why you're such a good coach. Because same thing, like – we can, we can coach athletes for the next 10 years and see success. We probably don't have 10 years of lifting 600 pounds in us. And if we do, we're out of our fucking minds. Yeah. But that, that ability to still succeed as a coach, you still, you're still there. You're still in the trenches. You're, you're watching them do it. And you know what? You get to walk home instead of crawling home. So it's kind of <laughs> nice. Dude, I was just about to say that. Yeah. Man, it is, it is so much less exhausting to go and coach six people at a show than grind through it myself. Oh man. I, yeah, those are the best. I I've never had so much fun 
than going and handling my athletes at a strongman show and not having to lift. Yeah. Like that is, that is the most fun I've had at a competition than when I'm actually on the floor and having to lift. Is it because, more or less stressful coaching compared to uh, uh, competing yourself? Sorry. So if oh, you're coaching, oh, it's, it's way more stressful coaching. Way yeah. more. That's not even close. Oh yeah, you control, control, just really. lift weights. Do and like the, the the way I the way I coach, the way I train. Um, again, like I'm I'm not I'm not gifted. <laughs> I am not a natural at any of this. I was not born strong. Um, I can't make mistakes. If I make mistakes, the day's over. So for me, by the time a show comes around, man, the, the, the show's been done so many times, right? Uh, you, you're rarely, rarely going to see me beat myself. So it's just a matter of going out there and doing it, right? Okay, yeah, deadlift, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll do 12, I'll walk away, right? And, and that is what it is. Coaching, man, there's so many other factors, right? And I know what's going on in my head. I can control that. I don't know what's going on in Booge's day of. Right. I, I don't know where, where his head's at, how confident he is. Um, yeah. Way more stressful, way more stressful. Yeah. Someone's someone wakes up on the wrong side of the bed and they're not feeling well, or they forget, they forget a bottle of Gatorade and all of a sudden they become a basket case. Like little things like that are out of your control when you're a coach. For sure. And with weight classes, all the weight cuts, water weight cuts, cuts. Where I'm sweating for six hours. I didn't eat anything. Right. Man, how many times you go get an emergency subway or something, right? Like, oh, man. I had an athlete last month at a show not tie his shoes before a farmer carry yoke event. Like, you got to be kidding me, man. Like, Bro, where, where's your belt, man? Tie Bro. your fucking shoes up. <laughs> like, at least if it's my shoes, like, I, I'm, I, I can control that. There's no stress there. I'm going to tie my yeah. damn shoes. But yeah. fucking tie your shoes, man. I gotta leave. I gotta go uh, take care of the kid. She's okay. Staying at the edge of her bed. All right. Tell her I said bye. Hi, Thanks, so. man. <laughs> yeah. See you guys. Go comb your hair, Dave. <laughs> Do you want to talk about kind of your coaching philosophy? Uh, like, I, you don't have to tell me about it. I know it. I've been doing it for on and off for al- over almost a year now, and it's definitely helped me. And the biggest thing you've helped me with is getting back after a major injury, and definitely. You've helped me more pulling me back and not letting me, you know, do me and be stupid. And for that, I thank you. Cause I feel like that was what that, I needed. That more. doesn't sound like you friend. That speaks to that. That speaks to you as a coach and understanding your athlete. Right. And that's, that's what makes a good coach is if you know your athlete, you know, Hey, this guy's a fucking idiot. We're gonna have to pull him back me or someone who's low in confidence. You got to push. That's, that's the difference. Right. Yeah, and I would say probably the, the biggest misconception when it comes to, to the fitness industry in general, not just strength sports, is that a coach, a trainer, whatever you want to call it, is there for motivation. Um, I find that most people don't lack motivation. If, if they're searching out my services, no, they, they want to do something. More often than not, I'm pulling the leash instead of pushing. More often than not, I'm trying to control the narrative. Now, myself as a coach, uh, in, in most aspects of my life, I, I play the long game. Um, say this all the time. We pay money to lift weights for fun, right? I don't want someone ever to be in the situation you are in where you can't get out of bed, right? Be- because of this, this hobby that we do. To me, that's silly. So for me, the goal is always slow, sustained growth. Um, every client, 
man, uh, they probably hear this in their dreams, work within your limits, expand your limits, right? And that's, that's how I think as a coach, that's how I think as an athlete to slowly build. Could, could I get, you know, more out of you in four or five months? Sure, probably, maybe, but I'd rather see you be successful for four or five years. And four or five years from now, you look back at this Derek Brugin and be like, wow, he was weak, right? And, and so with everybody that I, that I coach, that's, that's really the, the mantra of just always forward. Just keep grinding forward because things are going to happen. Right? If it was easy to be brutally strong, we'd all be pretty brutally strong. But this is hard and things happen and nicks and pains happen, and small injuries happen, major injuries happen. It's, it's how you recover, right? Um, in terms of coaching philosophy, man, like I, I, use, I use little bits and pieces from everything I've ever read. Um, something I've said my, my whole coaching career is every program works, right? If there's a program written, it's worked for somebody. That's why they wrote it. It's what the client is going to buy into. Um, so I use a lot of tricks, a lot of theories, a lot of things to, to find that client buy-in. And I have my baseline that I use. Um, it's basically kind of like a, like a hybrid of conjugate and 531 it is, is kind of the, the, the overarching theory of how I program. But I have a lot of clients that don't touch anything like that. I have a lot of clients, even in strongman, that they train traditionally like powerlifters, singles at an eight RPE type thing because uh, the volume doesn't work for them. So, you know, talking about coaching philosophy, the biggest thing is, man, take your time, take your time and, and just keep grinding. Right. Um, and, I'm a decently strong dude. It, it's been 20 years to get here. Yeah, it definitely. And uh, you made a good post today with uh, Tyler's actually repost. Tyler Eagle Sham, beauty, yep. beauty of the Saskatchewan. Oh my God, I love that Just guy. Just another salt of the earth guy. I love oh, that guy. Man. And uh, that's the thing, Strongman is like, it's such, a, it's such a small niche sport, right? But it's such a small community and you meet guys at shows and then you end up, you end up being lifelong friends with them and you see him maybe yeah. once or twice in your lifetime, but it's great. But uh, he made the post of, he posted his deadlift last yeah. year, 455, and then posted his 475 from yesterday and yeah one year progress yeah and uh just there he is there and uh great post and that's kind of that that's straight into what you just said about being patient and growing that base and expanding it and expanding your limits and you know as an athlete right training myself that way man i totally understand how, how tough that is right where you know you, you see guys pulling monster weights you see guys pulling monster numbers but great example is uh uh and Roussel, it's another beauty of a human um she's basically deloaded for four weeks and then just decided to to yolo the deadlift competition last weekend pulls a 20 pound pr wins the show right after after not doing anything not doing anything for four weeks really um the strength was there right uh uh yeah you, you don't get stronger by testing and and by pushing big singles and and wanting to chase weights and man i've been there Right. I was a baby bro one time too. I'm sure you've been there. Right. Well, I pulled 500 last week. I'm going to pull 520 this week. Right. Yeah. You know, for me, uh, uh, I've always tried to look at this, um, through the lens of an athlete, right. I, I was an athlete my whole life and I never understood why strength sports have to be viewed so differently. So 
I, I took that into, well, let's look at events and let's break things down. Let's break things down into footwork. Let's break things down into mechanics, into transitions. Um, and think like an athlete, right? Uh, uh, I saw with myself a lot of benefit in that. And then I started going to shows and I didn't make as many mistakes as some other people. So then going and working with clients that typically had those issues of, of collapsing on game day, of anxiety, of making mistakes. Well, they start to break things down and they're doing all these things, you know, bits and pieces, running, running drills instead of exercises. Then they go into a show and they don't make any mistakes. Oh, hey, he's back. Oh, I'm back. False yeah. one. I just so, throw uh, the kid on the driveway and back, <laughs> back to the podcast. <laughs> So yeah, like I've, I've always viewed this as, as a sport, um, um, and, and try to train as such. Yeah, that's great. And I love that you call it a sport. Like it, it is not like powerlifting or weightlifting where it's you versus the bar, you versus the weight, like the you versus you thing, I get it to a certain point, but it kind of, after a while you see a hundred people posting that it kind of drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. Like I get to a competition, it's me versus you. I'm going to look you in the eye. I'm going to find a way to beat you. Uh, I'm going to find a way to outsmart you in five events. And at the end of the day, hopefully I'm the guy standing on top of the podium. And like, as much as we pay to play the sport, this is still our NHL. And I use that <laughs> kind of metaphor all the time. Like this is my NHL. I'm yep. going to fucking, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go all in and yep. we'll see, we'll see what happens at the end of the day. Well, and you, you haven't gotten this talk yet, but you will. Um, my, guess I'm my, getting it right now. <laughs> my, my number one thing that I say to a client going into a show is if you go out and you make zero mistakes and you don't win, you don't win. Someone was stronger and that's fine, but don't go out there and beat yourself. Yeah, don't go I'm... out there and make stupid mistakes. Don't go out there and rush and not play your game, play your game. Right. I know, man, we do a yoke farmers. I'm probably not beating you. Right. Probably not, but I'm going to go out there and I'm going to try to slide into second and then hopefully get some separation on a deadlift and there's my points back. But for yes. me to go out there and be like, no, I'm going to win five events, right? Well, no, I'm going to make mistakes. If, if I go and I try to beat a guy like you on foot speed, I'm going to make mistakes. And, and then what? Then I drop three points, four points, five points. Now the show's gone because I made some stupid donkey decision and didn't think like an athlete, right? And I, th- I think that's the difference between just programming for somebody and then actually coaching somebody. And that's, that's where like you're a coach and it's not just, here's your program. Give me the here's money that you owe for the month. Yeah. 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 And, and that's, that's, that's the difference between a instructor or a coach. And, and that's what anybody who's looking for a coach, that's what you're bringing to the table. <laughs> well, that's uh, a funny side note. Um, had a client late last year. So, you know, before every show, I, I send out a game plan, right? Th- this is how I think you should approach each event. Um, and they're like, wow, like I've, I've never gotten anything like this before. Right. You just go do the events and do well. Right. But you know, I, I want to set my people up as well as I can. Right. And I, I've set people up to, to try to beat me in shows. Yeah. That's, that's coaching. And like, I got nothing against people paying for a program or doing online coaching. Like I do almost zero online coaching. Like I, I, I don't think I'm smart enough to do it. I don't, you guys can do that. That's, that's not my thing. I need to have the person there. I need to see them. Yeah. I need to, that's my thing. Um, but I want to be more of a coach, like help them get through the events too. So if, if someone's out there paying for a coach and it's, Hey, let me know how you did this weekend. And then they respond to you Tuesday after a Saturday show. 
Like, what the fuck are you guys paying for? Like you're, you're, you're just a paycheck. Go and get a coach, get somebody who's invested in you, who cares about you, who's going to send you, Hey, this is ABC, what you need to focus on going into a show. And I know, I know you as a coach and as a, as a person, you have athletes competing in shows that you can drive to. You're, you're going to go there. I try my best. Yeah. (laughs) I was actually thinking, so there's a show in Winnipeg on the 15th of, of May I compete in St. Paul on the 14th. I'm like, could I, could I red eye that shit to Winnipeg <laughs> after St. Paul? It's like, it's like 13. I probably could. I probably could, but yeah, probably not going to make that one. So we won't go too much longer. So, so Dave is a nationally ranked weightlifter, kind of a big deal. Uh, how much of like in terms of weightlifting or Olympic variations, do you suggest a strongman do? Oh, that's a great question. I, I think it's huge. Like to me, yeah. But that's uh, not it, me personally. It, it it really a lot of it comes down to the individual athlete. Um, so if I end up with someone like you, someone with a weightlifting CrossFit background, someone who is dynamic, someone who naturally is going to push jerk, split jerk, that type of stuff, then I'll venture more to it. Um, for a lot of people like myself, I have no background in that. Uh, I'm not going to push that onto my programming, even if I think it'll be beneficial. A great example is, is the front squat. I don't know if there's any better movement for generating power. I don't know if there's any better movement for translation to the sport of strongman. I program very few front squats because teaching people how to do them and how to do them properly, especially mobile um, is very difficult. Whereas you can get a similar benefit by just throwing a safety bar on their back, a Buffalo bar, a Cambridge bar. Right. Uh, so with the right client, Oh, hundred percent, man, hundred percent. I got, I got people out there doing wads and thrusters weekly. I, I got people, you know, working a little bit of oldie stuff, mostly from power, nothing to the whole. Um, but yeah, for the right client, Huge, huge benefit. Huge benefit. That's why I'm lucky enough to have Dave in our gym. So he's, uh, when he's in there and we've got some of ours and I'm kind of trying to help, especially with the jerk variations, like in strongman, it's really about the jerk variations, especially in my opinion for weight class athletes. I mean, if you can strict press 300 pounds, then fucking there you go. You got it. Me, I'm not, that's not my guy. I'm not, I can't do that. So I have to rely on push jerks, split jerks using my legs. So it's good that I, like, I, I kind of lucked out and have Dave there to help our athletes with that. And like, like you said, it depends on what you're, if you're familiar with it or not, right. If you can find other ways to teach them how to produce vertical force, then it doesn't have to be through weightlifting. It can, if, if, if you're good at coaching the movements, great. If not, then there's way there's tons of ways sandbag throws med ball throws um safety bar squats like, there's a ton of ways to like teach someone how to like produce vertical force right yep. so it, it's like there's more way more than one way to like skin a cat man people always think uh uh they'll they'll, they'll look down on people split jerk and well, go ahead and split jerk a log man mm-hmm. go ahead if, it, if it's that easy right because center gravity is so different so it's out of out in front of you you drive it up you got to pull it back um, it wants to go everywhere. It doesn't sit nice and tight. 
Yeah, and man. Anyone who frowns on a split jerk, go try that it. neutral grip, it's like my wrists are doing like Gumby. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. many jokes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I think we've been, we've been going for quite a long time. Where can uh, anybody who's looking for coaching find you? Uh, best place to just go on Instagram. Yeah, just uh, uh, Valkyrie underscore strength or, or right on my, my profile, uh, at Danny Labresh. Um, I, oh man, like I'm not one of those guys who plays the games of three spots available or man, it, if you're looking for coaching, come see me. I, I would, I would never turn someone away. And, uh, you know, honestly, man, I love working with a, a, a brand new, new to the sport general fitness person, just as much as I love working with a high level athlete. Like they, they both have, uh, uh, such perks and, and such different, um, motivations for, for seeing success. So yeah, yeah. Not going to play the game of, Hey, right now got a deal on three spots open, but yeah, always looking for new people in the sport. Yeah. Awesome. And, uh, Valkyrie's always been good to, uh, the CSS strength events. So that's why we wanted to make sure we had yeah. you on here. Uh, they you sponsored every, I think every event we've ever done. So I think, yeah, yeah. So, you know, transitioning a bit with, uh, uh, Hannah decided that she, no longer wanted to build equipment. Um, you know, she's back to work full time and, and it just became too much. So I, I made a deal with her that I will be purchasing the Valkyrie brand off of her, um, focusing more on the apparel side and the coaching. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're not going anywhere. And awesome. grip shirts. Congrats on that. Congrats on that. The grip shirts are great. I have two of them. I had to get a second one because I got skinny. So yeah. if anybody looking for a grip shirt for May Madness event, event one is a max axle clean and jerk. If you want a grip shirt, you guys got some grip shirts in stock? We do, yeah, of, of the, the, the Vice line, the pink and blue, we got, we got plenty and they're actually four impressions. So they're grip inside and out, um, which is, yeah, e e even better. Like it, it's a game changer on things like axle and log. Yeah, it keeps me from spraying glue on my chest. So awesome work. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, anybody looking for coaching, hit up Denny. Highly recommended. And uh, good chat, guys. And All right. That's it. Thanks, Thanks man. Talk to you soon. See you, Denny. See you, fellas.